What's up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Straight Up Sabres, presented by the Hockey Podcast Network and the Charging Buffalo, brought to you by Thin Man Brewery. As always, I'm Brendan. And I'm Taylor. And Taylor, we have a little crumble of Sabres news, positive Sabres news at that. Rasmus Dahlin's rumored extension with the Sabres is looking like it is going to be an eight-year deal with an AAV of $10.5 million. This coming from the After the Whistle podcast hosted by Andrew Peters and Craig Reve. And Taylor, I got to tell you, I think this sounds like a very fair deal. You and I were both saying that if the deal comes in under $10 million, that it's a bargain for Buffalo, given what Darlene has proven himself to be and what his ceiling still could end up becoming. According to Evolving Wild, we love those fellas over there. Of course, we had them on last season. They had Darlene's extension projected at eight years, $10.46 million per year. So right in line with what Evolving Hockey is saying and their charts and their models are saying is worthwhile for signing Darlene to this extension. According to their goals above replacement projections on their website, he's currently projected as the sixth most valuable defenseman in the NHL heading into next season. Taylor, this would make Darlene the third highest paid defenseman in the NHL. Seemingly is a pretty fair deal when you consider percentage of cap space that this is going to take up for the Sabres and also with the cap seemingly going to rise in the coming years, hopefully pretty drastically too, which will make this cap hit even smaller for that matter. So give me your thoughts on this, Taylor. Eight years, 10.5 million. What do you think of that deal if that ends up being what Rasmus Dahlin signs for? Well, I think it's right on, basically, like you laid out there with what the Evolving Wild guys think. It seems like a very fair deal. Now, what a lot of people will point out in the in the coming days, if this does get signed soon, or whenever the hell it does get signed, uh, that a lot of great defensemen are actually on good deals, whereas Darlene would be on a fair deal. That is something, and it's something we should say, because it's something we pointed out with Matthews recently, how Austin Matthews signed this contract, and yet another Toronto player is getting something that's at least a fair market deal, and that's tough because you need at least a guy or two. If you really want to be a contender, it helps to have a guy or two who's getting paid uh uh, lower than he should be on a team-friendly deal below market value. So the Sabres already have that. They have that in Tage for sure, and it seems like they might have it in Cousins too. So And Tuck. Oh, and Tuck. That's a good point. Yeah, Tuck as well. And frankly, they also have enough young guys that it, at the moment it doesn't matter. It will matter. Obviously, they won't always be young guys on their ELCs, but depending on how Levi looks, that could be the case for him, Power, Quinn, Paterka, who knows? Any of these young guys that come up soon, maybe even Kulik and Benson and Savoy, and who knows who else. So it's not a big deal because it's also not a, a little bit of an – like, for example, the Sabres' biggest overpay right now is Jeff Skinner. But the way he played last year, not much of an overpay. No, so, absolutely. And Darlene wouldn't be an overpay. You would think for the entire length of this deal, he would be a – He'll be worth $10.5 million. And when the cap goes up, maybe even look like a pretty good contract. I wanted to give up some examples, though, Brandon. Did you know Delling would be the 10th NHL defenseman to have a cap hit of at least $9 million currently? Wow. And what Brandon's going to do is name the other nine guys and their contracts. Just oh, kidding. God. Okay, oh, active I'm NHL defenseman with $10 million plus? No, $9 million plus. Or but 9 million? I'm just kidding. I'll just tell you. It's... Oh, I'll do it. <laughs> okay. I think can, I can. All right, uh, let's do it. Who are the Roman Yossi. Yeah, Roman Yossi is eighth at 9.059. All right. Victor Hedman? No. No? Okay. Carlson, obviously. Yes, 11.5. He's the highest paid. Uh, Makar? Yes, Makar is ninth. Nine million exactly. Charlie McAvoy? Yes, Charlie McAvoy. 9.5. 
Adam Fox. Uh, also 9.5. How many more do I have? Uh, One, two, three, four. Heiskinen? Nope. Did he sign his extension already? I don't know. He might have, uh, but it might not have kicked in yet. All yeah, right. for the record, Victor Hedman makes $8 million. Oh, he does. Okay. Is Dougie Hamilton at nine? Uh, let me look. I didn't. I didn't see him there at nine. Uh, just just a second on the Heiskanen thing, real quick. He, Heiskanen. Uh, yes, he is at eight point four. Ah, damn. So not okay. quite nine. And then I thought Dougie was at nine. Now that you say that, that's what I thought. He might be tied with Makar. Hmm. Dougie Hamilton. Uh, well, we his got? cap his cap is exactly nine, so he is tied with McCarr. I didn't scroll down enough. Um, well, let me, how about, let me look at, how about yeah, Drew Doughty? Yes, Drew Doughty, eleven million, the second highest paid defenseman. Oh my god. Um, Seth Jones. Yes, nine point five. Mm, how about? Wait, did you say Dougie Hamilton does make nine million? He does. So actually, that makes Dowling that he would be the 11th guy to do it. I didn't realize Hamilton okay. was at nine. Um, Zach Wierenski? Yes. 9.583, the third highest paid defenseman currently. All right. Give me East or West for the last one. West. Like West West? West West. Pacific. Darnell Nurse. Yes. Boom. Is that all of them? Yeah, you got him. So basically, when I laid it out here, I wanted to see if – where Dallin ranks among these guys. So first of all, he would be third. I mean, he'll be passed over the course of the deal yeah. if it goes through, but he'd be third behind Carlson and Dowdy. I think that's telling because those are the first guys on this list to sign their contracts. Carlson kind of a once in a lifetime opportunity. And he, it's kind of, he was kind of old to sign the deal when he signed it, but you know, still Carlson's like, he. there's no one like him that's uh, around currently. And he sure. was even better a few years ago. Dowdy, I don't know what to say about that. $11 million is a lot of money. But directly after that, teams stopped giving out eight-figure contracts or eight-figure AAVs for defensemen because, weirdly, a lot of these are at the same offseason. Yossi was before. Yossi's 2020. He got eight years, $72.4 million. Mm. Uh, Makar 2021 got six years, $54 million. So worth noting, Makar will be a free agent when he's 28 years old. He's going to get paid the way McKinnon did. So he will not be... I mean, he will, I shouldn't say not for long because it's four more seasons, but when those four seasons are done, the second half of Dallin's deal, he will be making a lot less than Makar, is my guess. Wow. <clears throat> 2022, mm. Nurse, McAvoy, Jones, Fox, and Wierenski's contracts all kicked in that year. They all signed around the same time, and you would never guess, you would never guess the actual order they're in. Like, yeah, Wierenski, Wierenski being third is pretty wild. Yeah, Wierenski makes more than any of those guys. Fox, Jones, and McAvoy all tied, and then Nurse directly behind them. How strange. <laughs> I, I don't really know what to say about that. I, I think people knew at the time that Seth Jones' contract wasn't good. McAvoy and Fox, they probably deserve a little bit more than they get. Well, they definitely do, not probably. Nurse, that was a big big swing by Edmonton, too. So just looking at that, just wanted to throw that out there that, I don't know, I would say last year, Dowling is probably better than Wierenski, Nurse, Jones, you know, a couple of these guys on there. So not an outrageous deal. It's pretty much right on. And yeah, Dougie Hamilton's here too. I actually don't know 
I think he signed two years ago, but I must have just stopped scrolling at the nine millions when I saw Makar. I assumed he was the last one. Mm-hmm. Anyway, yeah, no, and like I think okay, we'll, get it done. <laughs> it, it just in terms too of talking about, I know you uh, of talking about the extension and the timing of it and everything like that. I, I think the other thing that again you had you had touched on, but I just want to kind of bring it back to is the UFA years that are being bought here because of the fact that Dalian signed this as a bridge. I mean. Going back, I think it's fair. We all, like you said, we all would have preferred him to sign the long-term deal. But knowing that we're going to get Darlene at this cap hit right now, and I mean, I guess you could just call it an extra three years of, of UFA that we're buying. How much does this make you, I guess, regret bridging him? Does it make you regret it more now that we have the security, though, and he's going to be locked in at a pretty decent number? Like, does that make you feel like a little less negative about it i guess does it change how you feel about him signing that bridge deal three years ago yeah uh no i felt the same the whole time which here's the thing i get to take a little victory lap here i think because this is a conversation today on twitter like do you regret it or not there's probably a mistake given that bridge deal i understand both sides here and i should say beforehand i know that both sides get to make a decision so dalene could have made a decision too but i want to go back to 2021 that season was a disaster kruger was there for the first two-thirds of it very bad and dalene was very bad for that time he didn't finish the season strong but he was definitely better when granado got there and he had been so good year one under housley and honestly not that bad under kruger in year two so and his you know just his evident talent the fact that he was the first overall pick and had the pedigree he had. And it was so clear that it was Kruger that kind of screwed him over. I felt at the time, and people can go back and listen to this, that you should have done either a one year bridge or an extension right there, right then and there, because this was going to get him to a point where he had all the leverage. And I, when we were talking about the extension thing, because I don't think anyone was talking eight years, really. I said, Eight years isn't a bad idea because look at Sam Reinhardt, Sabres bridge Sam Reinhardt in what I think is a pretty similar situation. You could say Sam Reinhardt showed more, but really you're using the same thing with both Reinhardt and Darlene to decide that they're actually going to be good and you could get them for cheap, which is your eyes. You watch them play and your common sense. And that was my argument. And I think I was right and everyone else was wrong. Now, here's the other thing. Maybe Kevin Adams was like, hey, Rasmus, how would you like eight years, 7.5 million? And Darlene, being a savvy young man, said, no. Very how about possible. a bridge deal? I'll Very be, possible. I'll look way better in two years. <laughs> so that's that's also a possibility. And it's better than like a four-year deal or a six-year deal or some bullshit like that. So I get it. But there are people at the time that said that was not a good idea to try to get him to eight years. And I would like you to know... Rasmus Dallin will remember that you didn't have yeah. faith in him. I mean, undoubtedly now knowing what we know now and looking back, there's no question about it that they should have signed him for long-term if they were able to, but if is the operative word there, because again, like you had alluded to, there's very much, uh, there's a very real possibility that Dallin coming off of a year like that was like, no, I'm going to bet on myself to get better rather than taking the security right now. Like, kick it down the can a couple years and then that way you'll be able to cash in and get paid even more and still get the added stability as well. So yeah, I mean, going back, of course, I would have done the long-term deal. I think that again, you kind of gave Reinhardt as like a very good case study for the argument for doing that. Yeah. But at the end of the day though, you're getting seven UFA years now out of Darlene, which is solid at 10.5, five years from now, this deal is going to look really, really, really good. 
People can I say agree. what they want now. And I think the other thing too, that's important to talk about with this conversation is just in the age of just with social media and how our interactions go on there and the way that people view acquisitions, contract extensions, things like that. People always look at it. I feel like, and I shouldn't say everybody, but a lot of people, I think, look at that from a perspective of whether it was a steal or whether it was a bad move. When in reality, this is just a very fair deal. Like this is paying a guy what he is worth. Yeah, you're not getting a discount on him or anything like that. You're paying him exactly for the production that he has given you and what you think he is going to continue to give you. Like if you think that Rasmus Dahlin, as we both do, is one of the five best defensemen in the NHL, he should reasonably be paid as such. Would it be nice if he got like, Quinn Hughes level AAV or something like that. And you shave a couple million off or a million and a half, whatever. Yeah, sure. That would be great. But at the end of the day, this doesn't have to be a, a steal or they got the Sabres got owned by uh, in it, whatever. Like this is just a fair deal. Like it, this is a, a, a superstar player getting paid what he's worth and a team being able to walk away from that contract and saying, Hey, we, you know, didn't get the shit kicked out of us on this deal. Like this, this works out for both parties. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's how most deals are. Uh, the evolving wild number you put out there earlier just shows how close it is. Just being a, a good deal for both sides. And honestly, there's already people that are kind of making fun of it that I think maybe they just want the attention that the Tage people got last off season by laughing at the Tage deal. But this is honestly way dumber. I think, I I just those people aren't using their heads at all if they if they really think that like if they're getting that bent out of shape about a Dalian deal that's kind of insane like at least I understood where the Tage people are coming from that the people that were right. against Tage's contract last year these people are just you're just being stupid man or you want the attention can't can't rule that out it's also we have to keep in mind folks more important than anything else as we've established many times on this podcast, Taylor is right about everything and you all are wrong about everything. Even if you agree with him, you are wrong. And Taylor <laughs> is right. I've, I have been wrong. I think I'm pretty sure, but I like to be right. No, I don't I actually don't really like to be right. Cause I'm a negative person. So I like to be proven wrong a lot of the time, but with the Darlene case, I actually was positive about Darlene. I guess my other thought was that he might just walk it to free agency. Thank God he didn't. Hell no. Yeah. That's our future captain. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know what? I, I'm excited to have it, uh, have this happen. I just really want it to happen already. It's yeah. September it 6th. With. I mean, and we should say that the information came from the, after the whistle show. Yep. Uh, with Revae and Peters and like, they, I think they would know. Yeah. They've broken stuff before. Yeah. So like, Maybe they just got to get Darlene in town and that's when they're really going to announce it. Right. When he comes in for training camp. I mean, I think that makes sense. But like sure. also, hey, someone with a lot of clout out there, like by, by clout, I mean, like journalistic reputation, <laughs> break the deal <laughs> before it gets announced. All right, Taylor, you just had to ask. I'll do it. Oh, OK, cool. Yeah. Brandon, to... Brandon is bringing, uh, oh, my God, acclaimed WGR employee Paul Hamilton is here to break the news. And wow, it looks like the deal's official. So uh, let's hear a word from our sponsor. <laughs> Folks, this episode's brought to you by DraftKings. Can you believe that we've already had seven months without an NFL game? Crazy, right? Well, good thing that's over. The NFL is here tonight. 
Thursday night, and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is giving you a can't-miss offer for week one. This week, new customers can get $200 in bonus bets instantly when you bet just 5 bucks in any NFL game. DraftKings is hooking everyone up with game day greatness. All customers can take advantage of two new offers every single game day this September. Check the app to see what you get. And all you have to do is download now and use code THPN for the Hockey Podcast Network to sign up. New customers can take home $200 in bonus bets instantly just for betting 5 bucks. That's code THPN, only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY at 467-369. Connecticut, help us build for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility terms and responsible gaming resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. And folks, you know our second sponsor is Thin Man Brewery. And guess what? We got exciting news. We got a giveaway. For those of you with an Instagram account or a friend with an Instagram account, you're going to want to listen up here. Minky Tango, Minky Day, Minky Boodle, Thin Man, celebrating by giving away Minky Boodle for this coming Minky Day. So this is what this is what you could potentially stand to win. A Minky Boodle cooler, a case of Minky Tango, new beer. I've heard great things about it. People are coming up to me with tears in their eyes telling me that how much they love Minky Tango. <laughs> and you'd also get two tickets to Minky Day 2023, which is Saturday, October 14th. People are saying it's going to be a rip-roaring good time. The only rules are you must be 21 and over. Uh, you must be able to pick it up from the Chandler Street location. If you have a surrogate to pick it up, that works too. You have to follow Thin Man Brewery on Instagram. You have to like the post, which I think is pinned right now, so it should be easy to find. Comment and tag the friend he'll be bringing to Minky Day and one entry per person. Uh, the winner will be selected uh, this Friday, September 8th at 5 p.m. More Minky Day announcements coming soon. I see here Brendan has already been tagged in the comments. I have, so Terrell, yes. Get get in this because, uh, folks, who knows? We're going Could, for it. There's there's already 852 comments, so you got to think. You got to get in there as soon as possible. Uh, you still have time if you're listening to this Thursday. They're not drawing till Friday, so check that out. And, you know, there's still a lot of great stuff at Thin Man, so just head over to the Chandler Street location or – the other two places you can find Man Thin Man Brewery. Sorry, three other places besides the channel location. Your local grocery store. Uh, a local bar, perhaps, on tap. And most importantly, in your heart. Thin Man Brewery. Brewing dreams all over western New York. That was beautiful. Yeah, that's not their slogan. I believe that their tagline is actually... Uh, Tage Thompson for Hard Trophy. Is that going to happen again? We got to check in with our liaison. Yeah, we do. New season coming soon. Anyway, folks, this is kind of a bummer uh, part after these fun ads and the potential Darlene extension. This part kind of sucks. We haven't talked about it yet, but we said we would. And I'll start with a caveat, Brendan, that I'm not an expert on this. There's big news in women's hockey uh, this summer. And we haven't really talked about it. And in fact, I feel like it's been kind of under-discussed. But the Buffalo Buttes, the women's hockey team we've had for the past eight seasons in Buffalo, the professional team, 
no longer exists, unfortunately. And the reasoning is pretty simple. There was a, a big merger. So just to just to give a little background on this, the Buffalo Buttes came to be when what was originally called the NWHL National Women's Hockey League became a league in 2015. The Buttes were one of the founding four teams. And in fact, they won the league's second ever championship. It's called the uh, Isabel Cup. Big deal. We beat a Boston team. That was a lot of fun. Uh, so they were not the first North American professional women's hockey league. In fact, they weren't even the only one existing at a time at the time, the four years prior to them starting the CWHL in Canada existed. That one didn't pay players, but covered expenses, uh, in previous leagues across North America, no one had really paid players. So the NWHL was a big deal because it did. And Buffalo got to be a part of that. There were some interesting things along the way. I mentioned the championship, uh, Buffalo had the first ever transgender player in the league, Harrison Brown. And Buffalo also, uh, at some point, the Pagulas took over the team a few years ago. And I remember this specifically. It was it felt like such a big moment. Unfortunately, it wasn't meant to be. But, Brendan, you remember this? Around St. Patrick's Day, uh, I think it was 2018. I think it was after the Winter Olympics when U.S. had won gold. There was a game, at, a Buttes game at Harbor Center that was like sold out. It was like an overtime game. People going crazy. Do you remember that at all? Uh-huh. Absolutely. Yeah. So, unfortunately, a few things happened from there. One, the CWHL folded. It stopped being a league. And the NWHL, uh, there was a big athletic article at the time. I think it was in The Athletic that basically went over the conditions in the league that players are going through. And the famous anecdote people remember is the peeing in garbage cans because there wasn't a locker room space. There was a lot of stuff like that. The amenities weren't good. They were treated worse than like youth hockey teams. And because of that, a lot of women in the league decided to pull out of the 1920 season because they felt that they couldn't, that they didn't feel they were getting sufficient support. So they formed the professional women's hockey players association and split from the NWHL and they kind of did their own thing. They did, I believe it's called the dream gap. You remember that? I believe so. Yeah. So the dream gap, they did that. And then the, meanwhile, the NWHL rebranded as the PHF. So the PW HPA was basically purchased last year, partnered with the Mark Walter group who works with uh, Billie Jean King. So basically Mark Walter and Billie Jean King wanted to create what would be essentially uh, a better, more robust professional women's hockey league. And this summer it was announced that they had purchased basically everything about the PHF and folded that into a new league. That new league basically announced uh, last week, that there'd be six franchises in a 24 game season starting this coming January. Unfortunately, none of those six franchises are in Buffalo, which means that with that being the, the league essentially now the only professional women's hockey league or the, the main one, I should say that Buffalo is out of professional women's hockey, which is unfortunate because there were actually a lot of fans here. There was support. And I should actually, I forgot it when I was doing that. If I said this, that when the players split, from the NWHL back in the day, the Pagulas gave up the franchise. Right. So when they folded, they kind of backed away from a lot of things. That was one of the things they backed away from. So they were no longer involved, but yeah. So I guess, what are your thoughts on this, Brendan, that there's no, there's not going to be abuse. I mean, it's, 
it's really sad more than anything else. You know, I, I think the Buttes making their way into Buffalo really was a bit of a, a culmination of women's hockey and, you know, youth girls hockey really continuously blowing up over like the past, like 10, 15 years here in Buffalo. And I would like to think, I mean, I, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I would like to think that, you know, Buffalo has as strong of a, a women's hockey presence, a girls hockey presence as just about any other city, you know, maybe except for like Minnesota or something like that. But it's, it's really unfortunate that you have this incredible new team come into town and after not even a decade, they're just taken from us. You know, I, I think when it comes down to it, you know, visibility for women's hockey matters and, and the Buttes were a, a professional team in this city that people were able to look at and able to go to games and the the players on the team. I mean, Christ, there was how many Olympians that they've had over the years too on the team. And so being able to not only see professional women's hockey, but some of the best women's hockey players on earth, like playing for the Buttes, it was, it was really, really cool. And I'll fully admit that like, I'm very sad that I, did not get to as many games as I would have liked to. But I will say, though, that I would at least like to hope that when expansion time comes around for this new league, that Buffalo is going to be viewed as one of, if not the top candidate for an expansion team. When you consider the prior presence of a team here, also taking into account the size of the city, because I think the other team that ended up getting axed from this was the Connecticut Well, if I'm not mistaken. So yeah. again, you're talking about a mid-sized city in Buffalo here that is a, a hockey hotbed. And you'd want to think that they would prioritize having a team here, just given how well both the Bills and Sabres do here and, and just the presence of hockey in general and also just overall with sports fans. And so my only hope would be from all of this is that I'm, I want to say when, not if, when the Buttes end up getting an expansion team or professional women's hockey ends up coming back to Buffalo that, you know, more of us make a concerted effort to get out and, and support and, and show some love to these incredible athletes, you know, like the games were entertaining. They were a great time to be there. And it's important, as I mentioned before, with the visibility side of things that like youth hockey is so big here. And so being able to have a professional team where younger girls are able to go out to a game and on any given night or, or follow the Buttes religiously either way and be able to say like wow you know i can see myself in this and being able to have that avenue for them so it, it's just it sucks man you know like this was a a long-winded way for me to say that it sucks it's disappointing it's a blow to women's hockey in buffalo but obviously for any of the other populations that were affected by this and my only hope again, like Buffalo, hopefully will get a team again. I want to really believe that. And hopefully we've, as you had kind of gone through before with the history of, of professional women's hockey over the past decade or so, that this time around, this is going to be the league that sticks. And this is going to be the one that's going to be viable and be able to continue and have strong leadership to be able to get through the ups and downs of starting a professional sports league. It's not an easy thing to do. And so I just hope that there's a better structure in place now and more stability here, not only for the sake of the Sabre or of, of Buffalo being able to get another team, but also for the, the existing players right now. I mean, the conditions that a lot of these athletes were having to deal with were terrible. So again, I, I hope that we get more stability and we get more structure with this league. And I hope that it is much sooner rather than later that Buffalo ends up getting an expansion team. 
Yeah, I agree. And it does seem like that stability exists because, uh, well, obviously you have some some big money groups like Mark Walters, the co-owner of the Dodgers, Billie Jean King, needs no introduction. But also the the salaries that are set for the players, I'm not saying that they're good or deserving salaries, but they're they're better than the way things were. It seems that things are really set up like that way with the six teams and uh, they are partnering with the NHL in some ways. So hopefully that, that can lead to further partnership. Well, I shouldn't say further partnership. Yeah. A lot, a lot well, synergy. People like to use that word synergy. Cool. Uh, and, uh, it, Buffalo, if the league succeeds, would be an obvious expansion choice. So in overall, this seems to be good news for women's hockey, even though if it's tough news for, uh, Buffalo sports fans. Completely agree. Completely agree, Taylor. Do you have any other thoughts you'd like to share on this or on Darlene or, or really anything that's traveling through your, your beautiful brain right now? Go Vals. Go Vals, he says. All right. Well, folks, thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Straight Up Sabres presented by the Hockey Podcast Network and the Charging Buffalo. Make sure you're checking out both the presenters of this podcast on their respective websites. Whatever streaming platform you're currently using to listen to this episode, make sure you're checking out all of our fellow shows. And you're following both the Hockey Podcast Network and the Charging Buffalo on social media, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, where you can also find us, Straight Up Sabres. And folks, before you close out of this app, wherever you're listening right now, whether it's Spotify, Apple Podcasts, whatever, make sure you are following or subscribe to Straight Up Sabres. Leave us a nice little rating or review as we'd very very much appreciate it last but not least folks we have our wonderful sponsors two of them that being DraftKings Sportsbook use that promo code THPN at checkout to take advantage of great deals and Thin Man Brewery we love Thin Man folks make sure you're heading over there to Chandler Street having a nice bite to eat drinking some brews whatever you're trying to do Make sure Thin Man is the place to be. All right, folks. Well, we'll be back with a brand new episode on Monday. Maybe we'll talk a little bit of bills, so it should be a good time. This has been Straight Up Saver.